did get the Balthazar um, secret reservation phone number if you guys ever need it. You know, guys, the last thing that the world needs is like another podcast in which like three people are talking about Balthazar. All right. Okay. Look, I don't listen to other podcasts. I don't know what they talk about. Episode 127 of Corporate Lunch, the the comeback no one asked for, but um, was inevitable, as we all knew. Actually, a lot of people asked for it. Uh, that's the only reason we're back. Back due to popular demand. Uh, back due to popular DM. That's right. The DMs became overwhelming. So we uh, were returning. Rachel, Sam, hello. Welcome back. Thank you. Howdy. Should we start, as we always do, with a check-in on everyone's hair? Yeah, I guess we can. I don't feel like my hair is in the best place right now. I've been thinking that I've been focusing too much on my hair and not enough on my personality. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I feel the same. I mean, I, I wake up every morning thinking about my hair and for most of the day, I find myself constantly returning to thoughts of my hair. And I spend almost no time thinking about my personality, which is probably why it's so bad. Well, we lived, I mean, we've been living through a really um, hair equals personality era. Yeah. You know, like people's hair, that was really who they were. Um, sorry, Sam, no offense. I found that a, a cool haircut is a totally appropriate substitute for a real personality. I, don't, I just don't really yeah. know what the problem is. You have a real personality though. Yeah, I have both. You even kind of, you have a persona <laughs> even. I have both. <laughs> Get you a man who can do both, have a cool haircut and a cool personality. Wow, that's that's what we call having it all. No, you're no, you're getting your haircut on Friday. You said tomorrow. I have a haircut lined up. I got a um, I got an interesting haircut like a few weeks ago. I went in and told my hairstylist Chica at Salon eighty seven in Williamsburg that I wanted, I wanted like an undercut. <laughs> And she didn't really want to do that or she didn't believe me. Like, I'll say some things and then she'll do what she deems appropriate, not really what I say, which is the best case scenario because um, you don't really want people to do what you ask them to do in most cases because you're often wrong. And so she gave me a pretty fine haircut and then I went home and started messing with it um, and just severely fucked it up. Like had the clipper on the wrong setting and just like, did something really weird. And so I've been living with that for several weeks. So I have to go back. I was too ashamed to like tell her, get it fixed. So I'm just like pretending that it's time for a haircut again. Anyway, this isn't really that important, but I have a haircut coming up. And I don't know, I was just asking Sam and Rachel, like, how do you know what kind of haircut to get if you don't have like a go-to haircut? But I guess, Rachel, you say you always get the same haircut and then you just wait a long time in between. Cause to me, your hair always looks really different like yeah. every day. Thanks. Well, it's because I don't have a personality. Again, I, I guess it comes back to personality. Yeah, it's true. Well, Rachel, well, Rachel said the other day when we were talking about hair, um, cause that's really the only thing we talk about. And she said that she brings in photos of herself to show hairstylists. Whereas most people bring in photos of other people. I bring in photos of, you know, young Mick Jagger. Rachel just brings photos of young Rachel. Well, I bring in pictures of Rachel. That's what I'm going to start doing. Once actually for my mother's 60th birthday party, her friends like threw her, you know, this party and, and they all wore blonde wigs. So my mother obviously is <laughs> short blonde hair. And like everyone in attendance was wearing these blonde wigs. I'm not really sure how that is a celebration <laughs> of her, but I like that idea a lot, like a wig yeah. party. 
sort of horrifying, but I get the I get the idea. Like, hey, we're all you. Happy birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is <laughs> isn't me. this what you what you always wanted? A room of you to look Would around. Would you guys want see... a room of you, Sam? You've kind of had that before because you have a twin. <laughs> when I, when my brother comes over, when Nick comes over, it's I'm in a room of me. It's pretty nice. Yeah, I can't process that. I've been thinking a lot about what I would think of my personal style if I weren't me. Uh-huh. And what have you determined? Um, I don't think it's as good as I think it is. Okay. <laughs> I think by my own standards, it's pretty good. If I were to apply my own high standards to myself, uh-huh. which humans very, very rarely do. No, it's not like I don't do. think I would pass muster. What about your personality? I think my personality is probably better than I think it is because I don't really think about it. Right. How often do you guys get compliments or ask or are, are asked questions about what you're wearing daily if you go out? Yeah. By strangers? Daily. But it's never on a piece. It's always on the look. Hmm. Interesting. I get compliments on pieces more often than the look. Like, you know, if I wear like, rick owens ramones out usually some like cool downtown skater looking kid will be like oh, six sneakers because they know they're rick owens or- yeah I, I guess so or if i wear those like tie-dye those tie-dye wranglers i have you know people will often stop me and ask me like where i got them or i know how to dress if i don't want people to like com- comment or compliment my outfit you know why would you have there's certain Incog- pieces that sort of always yeah if i want to go incognito mode like if I'm just yeah. running out to like grab something from the store or whatever. But it's such an important way to connect with people. Like once, once I was in the elevator at the Beverly Hills Montage Hotel and Justin Bieber got in the elevator and he looked at me and he said, yo girl, you got wicked style. <laughs> That's an all time great story. ASAP Rocky, when I was interviewing him for my, um, for, for the cover story that I wrote, which we can talk about in a bit. You know, I was talking to him about this is sort of like after we we had the, the interview had sort of um, wrapped up and we were having a drink and he um, and, and I asked him if he was like aware of like paparazzi photos of himself, you know, and he was like, yeah, I look at them and like, you know, when like the angle's not right, it like is annoying, you know, I, I noticed that and I, I want them to like get the fit, you know, like capture the fit perfectly. And he gave me a good piece of advice, which was. Um, just in general, just like general, you know, advice, man to man, which was never leave the house without a fire fit on, which is, seems <laughs> obvious, you know, but he was like, no, like never, don't ever go out for milk without a fire fit on. Sam, what did you wear to interview Rocky? I wore a Wales Bonner Adidas, um, like soccer jersey top, that like yellow one um, with the black stripes. I wore vintage Levi's 517s, which are flared, slightly flared. Um, and I wore Rick Owens Ramones, which are like kind of thrashed at this point And I think look really sick. Did you and Rocky have any like more extended John's talk beyond what is in, you know, in the, in the story, um, you guys talk about some of his like design experience and, and general fashion interest and accolades but um did you guys get into more like off the mic fashion talk yeah we talked a little bit about um like like where his style's out right now and sort of what he's 
you know, what he's sort of going for. I, I mean, one thing that I, I thought was interesting about how, you know, in the last year, like there haven't been that many, um, you know, like Rocky's been pretty under the radar as yeah. you know, relative to like how he sort of usually is as a celebrity and a, you know, globally famous musician. Um, there haven't been that many fit pics. He hasn't been posting that much stuff. You know, he like wiped his Instagram. Um, you know, really the only stuff we've been getting are, are you know, some paparazzi stuff, him and Rihanna. Um, but I noticed that, in you know, recently he's been wearing a lot of, you know, like cheap sneakers, you know, Converse, um, All-Stars, you know, or, or Chuck, you know, Chuck Taylors and, and Adidas Sambas. And I asked him, you know, why that was, you know, why is he wearing these just sort of very simple classic, um, you know, iconic sort of sneakers versus, I don't know, anything else he could, anything else he could wear, like, like, you know, rare Jordans or, you know, he, he basically like growing up, he really only wore like Jordan ones and Jordan fours. Um, mm -hmm. But he's since transitioned to, you know, these more like sort of utilitarian styles. Um, and he said that he's doing it just because everyone is wearing like really expensive, really hypey sneakers. So he, said well i'm just gonna wear chucks and sambas and like keep it moving you know which i thought was kind of cool it is cool i was just gonna say he has a really something i've always really admired about his styles that he has a way of like sort of reacting to what other people are doing without dressing in a reactionary way yeah mm -hmm. yeah i mean he talks in the story he says to sam like in in new york he, you know you're on the street more and you really like see what everyone's wearing and in LA, you don't get that. So he's been riding his bike around Silver Lake or wherever he lives and partly just to see what people are wearing. Um, but I think to your point, Rachel, you can sense that he sort of like takes that data and uh, turns it into whatever his, like some direction for his personal style, because yeah, he always looks really cool, but he's never, someone like Travis Scott or something just to make like a cheap and easy comparison is like always seems like he's like advertising the most hype thing of the moment in a way that like, you know, other people are going to do immediately after or yeah, it's this like aspirational hype sort of thing, but you don't really ever see that from Rocky. I don't think, which I think I bet that's related to him coming from being from New York. Yeah. It strikes me as like a, not like a trait, like a very New York sensibility, which is like to always be above it or beyond it somehow. And whereas I think others want to be like in the center of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's this very like New York, like I, I think of this very like classic New York way of dressing, which is like things that are not, that's kind of fallen by the wayside, but that he embodies, which is like, it's not meant to be outside of New York. Like it's for people who live in New York and you get it if you live in New York, but if you don't, then you don't understand what's happening. And it's not something that's like eventually going to trickle down into a mall or anything or like a big department store. And I feel right. like he's always really, um, he's one of the like few people now who really um, seems to embrace that perspective. Sam, did you interview him, interview him before or after the shoot or both uh, after right? i interviewed him after the shoot yeah which is generally what we do you know just in case the interview uh explodes the project he explodes the project exactly he was he was dying to see the photos when when we met um after the shoot you know he i think he knew that he 
that he bodied it and he was very excited <laughs> for the that body he, issue for the body issue of course um, did he talk about the fits and the and i mean it was styled by george cortina which is like we've had him on the pod and talked about him um if you haven't listened like, to the george cortina app you simply have to go back and it was it was like three episodes ago yeah yeah he was on recently in podcast years um episodes but uh you know i mean i was gonna say it's very elevated but it's quite frankly much beyond elevated what was his yeah what were what was rocky's take on the shoot and the and what he was wearing and stuff i mean the cover he's in a kilt um there's a lot of like very extravagant jewelry throughout um i was just gonna ask rachel to give us like an explanation of what this is oh so it's a paco raban headpiece um and paco is like a brand that um makes these like chain mail dresses and a lot of like payettes that are connected with chains very little sewing is involved and um so that's a headpiece that's sort of like it's cool because it's uh, when it was on the runway it was it had a real flapper vibe like a really 1920s vibe the way yeah. that george styled it it looks like a a piece of armor you know yeah. like one of those yeah. medieval you like you know the thing that so, that eddie slamane played with it's in the last celine collection mm -hmm. to make those little hats that sort of look like beanies but also something you wear when you're jousting it's kind <laughs> of a similar thing and then there's just a lot of like chanel you know pearls and vintage cartier choker and so yeah sam what was rocky's what, what was rocky's vibe coming off of this shoot uh, just super positive um you know i think he uh he loved the sort of like coco chanel classic elegance that um you know, George and Inez and Venude were, were going for with some of those like pearl Chanel moments. Um, we talked specifically about the kilt look. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think, I don't think I knew that that was going to be the cover when we met, but I had seen the photos and um, I asked him if he, 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 he had posted on Instagram maybe six months ago, a couple, a couple um, photos where he's wearing like a tartan kilt over mm. jeans and sambas and, um, and, uh, I asked him sort of what his, you know, when he started wearing kilts or sort of what was his first like introduction to that, um, you know, type of garment. And he said that he had worn them. He had started wearing them in like 2011, you know, like 10 years ago in Harlem. And I asked him what the reaction was to that. And he said, you know, sort of like what I expected, you know, very, <laughs> he got, he got clowned on basically by, you know, people in his neighborhood. And um, I asked him if that sort of rattled him or if that, you know, upset him or he cared. And he, you know, he looked at me like I had two heads, you know, he was like, you know, he just said, come on, like, of course it, you know, of course it didn't, um, you know, he's, he, which, which I, which I, I think sort of says it all about, um, about Rocky's just like, it's sort of like endless well of self-confidence and um, charisma, you know, like that he could yeah. sort of, um, you know, he's been doing this stuff. He's been, he's been sort of taking these risks and he, he's sort of like been this sort of this style pioneer um, in a way since before he was famous, you know, it's just how he's always sort of lived his life. And um, he's always been interested in, in, in just doing what no one else will do, what no one else wants to do, what no one else is doing. Um, really kind of putting, putting himself out there um, is not something that he's sort of afraid of. And so I think he felt really comfortable with, 
you know, the, the, the fashion direction of the shoot, which, you know, I sort of, I sort of, I, I think it would have gotten a little bit more attention when the story came out if, um, if, if not for the content of the story, which was obviously the, the thing that people wanted to talk about was Rihanna and Sweden. And that's sort of what I went to, you know, went to LA to talk to him about. Um, yeah. But I think the, the shoot itself, you know, I think people, people were really into the photos, but I think that there was something like really sort of, sort of subtly radical about it. Um, and I don't think Rocky's ever been really photographed that way, so. Yeah, it's cool because it's so, on the one hand, like parts of it are super punk and like kind of gnarly and you know, that kilt is Vivian Westwood, the one that he's wearing on the cover. Um, and, you know, his bare chest with that t-shirt kind of stretched over him is a very kind of Richard Hell type of look and those Loewe buckle pants and all of that. But then the interior photos are super soft, mm -hmm. um, which is a really interesting mix, I think. And it's not, it's a little femme, but it's not, it's not the most femme thing we've ever done. It's like almost Victorian or something. Yeah. Parts of it, isn't yeah. It? yeah. Yeah. But it's almost like in a, in a way I was, I was thinking about it. Um, it. It's almost more of a, like a new masculinity quote unquote shoot than, um the pharrell story was um mm, yeah. obviously pharrell who fronted the new masculinity issue of gq in november 2019 was wearing a big puffer dress um by monk well, is montclair um valentino right um yeah, on the cover. i think so that gown um, yeah it was but i think but i think in terms of pure like um if you sort of compare the two shoots um, this Rocky one is, is I think like light years ahead in, in some ways in terms of like it's leaning how, how hard it leans into this sort of like to this idea of new masculinity that we were trying to get across with that um, entire issue in November 2019 and I think it just speaks to like how far like you know things have come in the ensuing like year plus right that it, yeah. it's, it's it just feels sort of like normal and not 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 even like um, not even particularly controversial that the, the Pharrell cover was controversial in some circles and the Rocky one, he's wearing a kilt, it's not a dress, but I didn't even see anyone really talking about it um, as if it was sort of a weird thing, you know? Yeah, I feel like the skirt has is this year, it's funny because it's not a trend. I mean, I don't even think there are like our trends anymore, but it's something that mm -hmm. like everyone is just like giving a try at their own pace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It certainly doesn't seem to generate much controversy. Um, Especially not the sort of either a traditional like tartan thing or even like a tailored Tom Brown sort of thing, I think is just uh, somewhat easily been, you know, woven into the fabric of the modern man's wardrobe. Nice woven into the fabric. <laughs> well, I think the other thing too is that like suits have become so relaxed and so drapey in many cases, that they sort of look gown-like. I actually, I said that in a story I wrote a couple months ago and Twitter got really upset with me. So- Why, because you, still were, do... you were implying <laughs> that men were sissies? Yeah, right. Well, and they yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, fashion police out there really trying to- um... Yeah keep the machismo in menswear. That's stupid. Who cares? I know. 
Sam, you have a kilt. I don't own a skirt or a kilt, so maybe I'm part of the problem. I have two kilts, actually. Both Tom Brown? I have a Tom, a Tom Brown one, which is with, like, knife pleats um, and a uh, Essence Works by Jeremy O'Harris, like, little tartan number. But that Jeremy's one doesn't have is really like nice. Wrap, sort of, that sort of, yeah. it's almost like a pencil or a sack skirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a pencil vibe. What does Tom Brown call the men's skirt does like does the brand is it a skirt it's not a kilt it's a skirt yeah Yeah. i guess it isn't a kilt a kilt is like a specific thing no i see you doing more of like a calico dress what's that well like a printed like floral dress like a kurt cobain a kurt Mm -hmm. cobain style yeah yeah or kid cuddy on snl Mm -hmm. (laughs) meanwhile i'm gonna start wearing pants (laughs) <laughs> that's controversial yeah so crazy I'm, I'm very thrilled to see that you got a pair of casey casey pants is that your first casey casey garment yeah, let's get into it let's talk about shopping because that's what i'm really here to talk about today all right, i've all been right. having a transformative time in the big apple shopping okay. again well, I've been having these revolutionary experiences where i just go into a store and i need something and it's there and i get mm-hmm. it and I don't know about you guys, but I haven't been able to have that experience. It's not even like, oh, during the pandemic, it's like for, for five or six years. You know, if you wanted something, maybe you would go into a store and they would be like, oh, actually, sorry, it's on our website, but we don't have it here. And you have to order it. We're going to take your money now, but you're not going to get it for like two weeks. So are you having good luck or are you just being reckless? Or uh, It's having- a mix of both. You know, Uh one, I had a very classic experience, which is like one thing that I think is really um, screwed up about shopping. And many people, when they complain about shopping, this is what they complain about is like, if you just need like a bathing suit or something, it's really hard to go and just find a bathing suit that's nice. Mm -hmm. You have to be like, I want this bathing suit that I saw on Instagram and they have a pop-up shop in Soho and Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to that and maybe they'll have my size. Um but I just needed a bathing suit and I knew if I ordered it online, it was going to be a disaster. So I went to everything about water um, in Union Square, the most popping neighborhood in New York. And I simply went in and bought two bathing suits. No body image issues at all. (laughs) Yeah. um, I do want to say that I am here for Union Square, such a cool neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and then I was so high from that experience that the next day I went into Dover street market, um, and did my usual wander around. And I saw these beautiful white crisp Casey Casey pants. And I went into the dressing room and I put them on and I felt my life changing from the legs up. Mm -hmm. I like how you, you, um, got on a shopping hot streak. Like you had one, like, you know, you, you caught a dub at the bathing suit store and you were like, all right, I'm feeling good. Like this worked great. Let's go to Dover street and see what happens. Yeah. Let's just see what happens. And look, it's like, I, I'm like any other, you know, American woman. I just make a list of things that I'm kind of interested in and I sort of keep my eye on them. But like these Casey Casey pants weren't on that list, Mm -hmm. but I saw them and I needed them. And I, again, I haven't had that experience before. You just go out and you're like, damn, this is like really nice. And I'd like to add it to the collection. Yeah. I mean, Casey, Casey clothes are just like that. It's sort of something that has to happen to you and not something that you can seek out. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's not a brand that this is, I mean, I interviewed the owner of If Boutique several months ago, and she was saying like, part of If Boutique's, I mean, it's not really a problem, but maybe a reality is that the clothing that they sell, and they sell a lot of Casey Casey, they were the first store actually in the United States to sell the brand. It doesn't really like translate online. Yeah, it doesn't at all. So wait, you got to keep this streak going. Where are you going to go next? I don't know. It's tough to say. There aren't really a lot of great stores in New York right now, are there? Yeah. No, I was in New York a couple weekends ago and did some sort of shopping and wandering and um, came up empty. But I wasn't, I wasn't really, I was with someone else who was mostly shopping. I was just sort of scoping things out. I thought that the Lueve store in Soho is really nice and smells extremely good. God, it smells so good. And Did it's you very get one of tempting. Those really big candles. <laughs> no, I didn't get anything, but I, I should have. I would buy whatever they were burning in there. Their fragrance candle situation. They're all like vegetables or something. Smell good. I'm yeah, also very tempted. One of, one of them is called marijuana. <laughs> like it's yeah the Spanish word. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was tempted to like buy an extremely expensive bag there. I think the Lueve bags are like the coolest and nicest designer bags out, but I didn't, I did no such thing. I could see you in those buckle pants. I don't see me in those buckle pants, but maybe I need the skirt to like sell it. Let's see what happens after I get this haircut. Then I might become a Lueve leather buckle pants guy. That's the type of thing that the right haircut can do. Sam, what do you have to say for yourself? Are you out there shopping, buying? I did buy some things recently, but I ordered them online like a total chump. Yeah, I've been crushing the e-commerce. I don't, I don't even know why. It just, it just feels, yeah, I, I guess I just don't really know where to go in, in New York. I'm not on a, on a similar sort of, you know, hot streak in terms of physical retail, but I've been really like, I've been having great success online. I bought an Hermes tie for my brother's graduation for him as a gift. Um, was it a, did you wear the tie to a virtual graduation? Oh, it was for him. Sorry. It was for him. Yeah. I wasn't listening. Um, Okay. Beautiful crimson silk classic Hermes tie. That's Um, great. And it just, it was like, great. They were like, it's going to take five to seven business days, you know, for you to get it. And I was like, Oh, it's going to come after his graduation. Cause of course I did it last minute and it arrived the next day. So I was like, I was like feeling totally blessed and and lucky and just that, you know, the, the e-commerce gods were smiling on me. Um, so I bought a bunch of stuff. I placed, you know, a, a nice little order at Essence with our Canadian friends at Essence. Um, and uh, I got another Wales Bonner Adidas top, which I of course immediately spilled iced coffee on um, the first time I wore it. So, so that's kind of an L and it probably won't. So you threw out. it in the garbage? in the garbage um but it was a nice attempt and then the best thing i bought was um well i bought an oversized this is like really large shirt from this brand called mf pen which mm-hmm. um is kind of like a it's sort of like a simpler and like less wacky like cousin of our legacy in a way like aesthetically um and they use all these vintage fabrics to create these like absolutely just like way too large shirts but i sort of like wearing it with um with shorts and like sambas around the neighborhood. Um, and then I bought a Mariam Nasser Zadeh sweater vest. Um, 
which which is has oh just i saw that simply the perfect um fit and proportions it's like it's like a little crop so it sort of hits right above the belt um the armholes aren't too high so you can sort of wear you know you, know, you can wear a t-shirt under it it has a v-neck but the v-neck is like not too droopy um anyway i remember like probably two years ago like the entire staff of like gq style and, and fashion teams went to the mary master zade fashion show in new york at those courts remember where you know where people um play uh, bike polo mm-hmm. and i forget why we all like we all went because we like thought mnz stuff was cool you know it's sort of like an it girl like shoe and bag brand and they do some like you know fancy ready to wear stuff and I think we like all like sort of thought that there was going to be menswear in the show, but there just simply wasn't. It was just a women's wear show, and like half of you know, like like eight GQ editors were in the audience. <laughs> and I think everyone was like, <laughs> "Why the fuck are you guys here?" Um, but um, MNZ is finally doing menswear, and it's it's just I think just like top to bottom, it's totally killer. Loafers, it's really good. Weird, like these like wool trousers that look like they the fit pants, really well. Yeah, the pants are the they have these like pleated taupe trousers that look like they're high-waisted and nice um these really cool leather jackets that are based off like a, an old ferragamo um like zip up bomber thing um and i've seen the original and the original like the ferragamo one that's based off of is really amazing and i haven't seen the actual mnz versions but i think they basically just look the same um but with sort of like nicer more updated leather sam that's incredible that's a veritable Christmas list. Noah, what did you get from Margaret Howell? I got a pair of white shorts, big white shorts, huge white yeah. shorts in like this cotton drill fabric that's super structured and uh, they're awesome. And a sweater vest, a cotton sweat, a beige cotton V-neck sweater vest. That's kind of big to go with my big ass shorts. They look really good together. And a t-shirt, a boxy off-white t-shirt. I like, I'm trying to assemble a wardrobe of all white and off-white and light beige clothing to wear together. The beige agenda. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But really going from like optic white to like totally like speckled natural to like a lighter faded chino or like a, I have a pair of off-white track pants from this Japanese brand Burlap Outfitters that I got recently that are fit into this really well I have this like small closet in my house and I sort of like my vision is that it like I'll rotate the closet always has it's sort of a rotating uh assembly of garments in this small closet partly because it can't fit much but I can sort of like curate a, a little wardrobe in this closet that I can that's what I work with for several weeks or a few months or something so if I can everything in this closet will be white or off-white or beige a vibe then, capsule. Yeah. And then when that, that'll begin to dissolve, I'll become a full, totally appalled by it at some point and then swap that out uh, for some colorful new clothes or some, um, some dark fashion or whatever strikes me next. It's, it's all basically the same stuff, just some different colors. That's a beautiful system. That's right. Everyone's dream is like the big walk-in closet where like everything can be and you can have so much stuff and it all fits, but then you're just kind of fucked. It's kind of better if yeah. you can edit it all the way down to, uh, you know, sort of the current rotation and, and, and remain in that zone 
I guess I'm feeling frustrated recently by how many things you're supposed to have in your closet. Like yeah, whenever okay. you look at a picture of a walk-in closet, like a dream walk-in closet, there are only like three garments in it or like five. <laughs> and you're like, well, why did you need that? And you clearly don't really care about clothing. But then if you, you know, like there's this, there's someone I follow who's like kind of a, maybe like a B minus celebrity who had, who was like sharing um, footage of her closet organizer coming to her apartment and the closet organizer, you know, it looked really orderly, but it was also jammed in. And I mm -hmm. thought, well, that's not a very good closet organizer. I don't know. I feel like we're all too obsessed with organizing our closets because it all goes to hell anyways. Yeah. It's, it's uncontrollable. Um, it I think all ends your up system has it all figured out. Yeah. Otherwise it all ends up in a pile on your bed or on the chair. And then, you know, you're just constantly taking things out and putting them back in. And like, who wants to, who wants to spend your whole life taking things in and out of the closet? So, yeah, I find, I mean, Margaret Howell clothes are just so nice and, uh, just um, sort of have that special quality. And, you know, you're never like, oh, that's from fucking J. Crew or Noah or some sort of accessible, easy thing. Uh, not that Margaret Howell is so scarce necessarily, but it isn't really around all that much. And the clothes are definitely like, it's not stuff that you really find anywhere else in terms of, in terms of the, uh, the nuances, the peculiarities of the fabrics and the fits and whatnot but i never look as cool as the it, one of the best styled the the runway shows or lookbooks or whatever that she puts out are some of the most compelling styling yeah. you'll see i think it's like nothing looks cooler than a margaret Howell yeah. presentation it's interesting that like there's this huge like big chino like unbuttoned button up t-shirt thing happening right now which is comes in part from armani and is yeah. also being sort of pushed by the row. But it seems like a lot of the people who are doing it don't realize that Margaret Howell sort of invented that. And a little bit Catherine Hamnett and a little bit Phoebe English. Sure. I mean, Margaret Howell's women's stuff is insanely good. It's a different level than the men's. And it is, it's a good point. It, like if you're buying the row, you should also be buying Margaret Howell. But somehow I think that's probably not actually happening. But that's for the next episode of Corporate Lunch. That's the next episode, yeah. I have to say, one of my favorite activities in the whole world is going to the Margaret Howell store in Florence with my friend Rachel Taschen, and then going to Epoca vintage store next door to the Margaret Howell store in Florence and looking at all the vintage Missoni sweater vests and yeah. weird old like wool cycling jerseys and stuff. That vintage store is also, that's a great vintage store. and It has an amazing selection of vintage made in Italy corduroy pants, like wide yeah. whale, Italian made corduroys. Uh, I got to get back there someday for that. And, and really good vintage Missoni, which is quite funny. Is it, do you guys feel like it's like widely appreciated that the, the, the most, that like some of the best vintage is in Florence? I thought like the first time I went there, I was shocked at the level of vintage shopping. Yeah, I thought the same I, thing. I mean, I, I that one, I guess there's a few stores you can find. The one store next to Margaret Howell is the one I think of, um, but there are many. It's not something you really hear people talk about. Not, I, yeah, whenever I'm there, I feel like I'm discovering something for the first time. Like it's my revelation that, that 
is happening there. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is just eating fucking gelato and buying uh, soap at um, Santa Maria Novella. Do you guys want to share your passions from the past six weeks or however long it's been since we taped this podcast? Let's do a round of, um, what are we calling this round? Personal passion project, personal cultural passions. Um, help me out here. Uh, what we've been up to, what's going like on with the, cor- with the corporate lunch crew, <laughs> corporate lunch passions. This is the passion segment. The passion segment is so good. My passion is for art, particularly the art of Alice Neal. The paintings of Alice Neal currently on display at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. Have you guys seen this show? Mm-hmm. Quite a famous show, quite a, a big deal, sort of a blockbuster, if you will, as far as art shows go. Um, it's mostly portraits painted by Alice Neal, who either died in 1984 or something. I think they're mostly painted between like the 30s and I guess when she died. Um, I thought they, I thought it was incredible. Although I thought the best paintings in the show were the still lifes, um, flowers and such, but, um, striking, striking stuff, a must see in my opinion, open till August 1st. Does someone want, am I directing this? Rachel, would you share a passion with us? Okay. Honestly, like, I know I've talked about this ad nauseum, but my passion has just been shopping. I just love (laughs) shopping i love getting something i love trying stuff on i love when things don't work i love when things do work and when they wrap when the person in the store wraps up your purchase in tissue paper there's just nothing better i mean that sound of tissue paper moving around your new acquisition and then you get home and you unwrap it Mm-hmm. And you think to yourself, what did I do to deserve this? <laughs> it's the best feeling in the world. I just love shopping. My passion, I'll, I'll, I'll pick this up. My passion um, for the past, since, since we last recorded the pod, has simply been hanging out. I was trying to, and because and, I was trying to remember the last movie I, I watched, because we were talking about this yesterday. And what came to mind was, I turned on, and I'm pretty sure that this is the last movie I watched. And this is embarrassing on, on two levels because A, I'm revealing that I had, up until maybe five weeks ago, I hadn't seen um, Phantom Thread in its entirety. Um, I'd seen bits and pieces here and there, but I had never sat down and turned on HBO and <laughs> done it. But so I was in LA. So this is also- A fucking boring part. movie, by the way. This The second embarrassing part is that like the last movie I watched was five weeks ago. It was when I was in LA, maybe six weeks. I was in in LA at a hotel um, to, you know, doing the, for the Rocky story. And it was like 10 30 PM at night. And I turn on Phantom Thread and an hour later, it it is quite boring. It's a beautiful, but boring movie. And an hour later I turned it off and went to Delilah with Zach Bia. Um, And I think that's just like perfectly, (laughs) that perfectly encapsulates, you know, my priorities in the last five or six weeks, which has simply been to hang out with my friends, have long leisurely dinners, outside, inside, um, you know, I'm vaccinated, we're all vaccinated, the city's opening up, the streets are firing, my life's a movie, I'm not sitting inside and watching movies. Damn, I thought we were um, gonna get into the the high arts and culture and you guys are just shopping and hanging out, um, but that's cool. But I have, my, my high arts and culture are vibes. Oh, I see. <laughs> No thoughts, just vibes. 
I mean, whatever. I played myself by sharing my thoughts on a show at the Met that obviously everyone's already seen and thought about and is probably bored by. All right, let's do 13 vibes then. If that's let's do 13 vibes. If that's what kind of let's party we're what kind of party this is. 13. All right, the first vibe is the new film. It's not really new, but it's it's available now newly for rent as far as I know, called Riders of Justice, which is this amazing Danish movie starring Mads Mikkelsen that is kind of like an elaborate, uh, wild, hilarious, and very violent revenge story. Um, it's a little bit like a Danish John Wick, but uh, much, much more complicated and twisted and hilarious. And Mads Mikkelsen is just like one of the coolest people on the planet. I think everyone was really going gaga for another round. His great, the great Mads Mikkelsen drinking movie of, I don't know, last year. But I think Riders of Justice is even better. Um, don't be turned off by the title or like the weird poster for it. Even though it is violent and action packed, it's like a really smart and touching and uh, weird and again, very funny movie. That's it. That's the vibe. My vibe is also cinema based. Uh, and that vibe is my favorite film about shopping nine and a half weeks. Um, an incredible erotic thriller starring Mickey Rourke and uh, Kim Basinger. And the the best part of this movie is that they, um, in the midst of their um, torrid affair, he takes her to Comme de Garçon and buys her this like really intense, restrictive suit. And which and Comme de Garçon store did they go to? It was it's it's not the one that exists currently in uh, in Chelsea. Chelsea. It's the yeah. the precursor to to that which was i believe on green street in soho that's right and yeah. it was subterranean and and there was like this big bar shaped like long window and the light would pour in through that window in this very sort of judeo-christian style um and it's just an amazing movie i mean that all of the fashion in the movie is really good she dresses like she loves if boutique he dresses like he loves armani He's a really sick apartment. He has a Charles Rennie Macintosh chair, if you're into chairs, which I know a lot of our listeners love chairs. I really can't recommend this movie enough. My vibe is shorts. I used to like basically never wear shorts in the city. I, I mean, part, partly because um, pre-pandemic, I was going to the office five days a week uh, where Noah Johnson used to work. And when Noah Johnson sees you wearing shorts in the office, he sends you home to change. This is a classic um, sort of Noah move uh, that actually, I don't think you've ever done that at GQ because you, you yourself have worn shorts a couple times to the office, maybe not shorts, but like long sort of like comb de garçon capri. Yeah. Capris type, type things. Capris. Pedal um, pictures. Yeah. But, um, but from, but for, you know, in the five and a half years I've, I've worked at GQ, I've, I've known that shorts are sort of off limits at the office. Um, so, you know, even in like that, the, just the height of summer, just the, the soupiest days, you know, it was jeans or trousers or whatever. And, and you know, I, de I developed a nice little collection of, of, of summer, summer weight, you know, pants, but, um, I just don't really, you know, I just, I don't know, like, who am I, like, what am I trying to prove these days by refusing to wear <laughs> shorts in the city? 
and only wearing them in the country it is you know simply too hot um so my move lately has been to wear shorts with like a large oversized like button-down shirt um and my favorite shorts are the Bodie rugby shorts but then yesterday those are great shorts those are some of the like premier shorts on the market yeah no I have some other shorts that I that I'm excited about so yesterday John Teets um cycled over to my uh to my apartment to drop off something that he'd borrowed of mine for a shoot and he threw in a little surprise which is these Carhartt cargo shorts that he bought for himself but that were a little bit too small I'm simply obsessed they're like (laughs) maybe seven inch inseam two beefy cargo cargo pockets on either side those pockets are so beefy you know you can put whole sandwiches in those big sandwiches huge sandwiches um it's sort of a it's like a you know a green fatigue color anyway i don't know um how exactly i'm going to wear those but um since they're a gift from the fit god himself john teats i and i know that he has a pair he has a pair that that do fit him that he's going to be wearing um so i need to figure out how to catch up and, and and make these work in my life somehow i think you should wear them with combat boots Mm-hmm. And a yeah, filmy, and a-, a filmy shirt, and BB Bella necklace, like mm-hmm. a tank top. Yeah. What's a f- yeah? Yeah, I think a tank top, maybe some like big chunky loafers or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, Belgians combat boots, unlaced Belgians. That would make the universe explode. My next vibe is hang drying. It is officially hang drying season. Mm-hmm. The sun is out. I happen to have a backyard. Although you don't need one, you can do it on your fire escape or in your apartment with the windows open, but now is the time to wash and hang dry your clothes, no matter what. Partly because I suppose it's good for the environment, but the clothes just feel better. And the proof of that is 45 RPM. If you go to the 45 RPM store on Wooster in Soho and you touch the clothes, you'll notice that they're the finest feeling garments you'll ever lay your dirty little digits on. And the reason for that is because in the basement of that building, in the lower level of that store, which is private and off limits, but which I've been to because I'm a privileged and important fashion editor, there's a laundry room. And the laundry room is where every single 45 RPM garment is washed and then hang dried before it goes up on the racks in the store. So they get boxes of clothes from Japan, the boxes are unpacked and everything goes in the washing machine. And then everything is hanged until it is dry and then is put up on the sales floor. So my friends, you should do the same. And also you should burn some incense near the clothes while they're hang drying so that they'll absorb some beautiful aromas, beautiful sandalwood. That's my choice lately, a Japanese sandalwood. So you'll have crispy feeling and beautifully smelling clothes. Um, Even if your clothes suck, even if all your clothes are bad and you don't like them, you can at least do this and make them a little better. And you really can't, you know, spring is a little like you need the summery months to, to achieve the best effect. Otherwise things dry slow and get mildewy. That's not good. Well, that's an all-time great vibe. Thank you, Noah. Thanks. I've been working on that one for a long time. My next vibe is another movie. It's called Smooth Talk. And it's Laura Dern's like first or second movie. And in this movie, Laura Dern 
is like a teenager who lives out in the middle of nowhere in California. And she's like experimenting with halter tops and their transformative power. And she meets a disturbing older man. Anyways, I can't recommend this movie enough. It's incredibly bizarre. I just don't, I only want to watch disturbing movies from the eighties recently. That's kind of the only thing I'm interested in. Can you tell us more about the transformative power of halter tops? Well, you know, she's sort of like at that age where you can, you're like not old enough to hang with like the older teenagers, but you're too old to hang out with the young teenagers. And like some of your friends are older and some of them are your age, but they feel a lot younger. And uh, so she starts hanging out at this like milkshake and hamburger stand um, where all the seniors and college kids hang out. And uh, she goes out wearing this tank top, but she puts a kind of a baseball, like a vintage baseball jersey over it. And she and her friend are getting ready to cross the street to go to this milkshake stand. And she takes, she unbuttons the, uh, the jersey and like stuffs it in her bag and then is wearing this sexy tank top. It's an incredible movie. It's based on a Joyce Carol Oates story, if that means anything to anyone. Of course it does. My vibe is, is a vibe sort of that, that I was, you know, gifted by Will Welch in a non-pod related meeting. So, so this is sort of like Will's presence in corporate lunch today. Um, but my vibe is the Adam Curtis documentary series, Can't Get You Out of My Head, An Emotional History of the Modern World, which is a six part BBC docu-series um, that basically traces like how, you know, the modern world as we experience it today, um, you know, came to, came to be and why, you know, no one can, can sort of imagine an, an alternative to the way that we're, that we, that we live, um, you know, in modern society in the West. It's fascinating. It's soothing in a way because it, it sort of explains, you know, it, it, it has helped me understand, you know, a lot of the forces that I find extremely sort of frightening and, and, um, and tragic, you know, about, about life today. And the soundtrack absolutely rips. For those who aren't really familiar with Adam Curtis's work, his style of filmmaking is more like art than it is like documentary film in a lot of ways, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's very, um, it's very stylized. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to follow and it's compelling, but it's also edited in a way and it follows its own kind of logic um, it, in a way that is, is, I think the experience is a little more like watching sort of an art film than it is like your usual like Netflix documentary might be like in like a, in the best possible way. Sam earlier mentioned vintage Levi's 517s, I believe, but um, on this side, the vintage denim fit of choice of the moment is the Levi's 550, which is more of a 90s baggy fit. I think it's really popular among certain skaters right now, but um, if you feel like 501s are a little, I don't really, 501s, I think the rise is a little too short and the, the leg is a little too slim and straight, but the 550 is, we're talking a very full cut here. And uh, I think they're mostly from the nineties and eighties and the, the black in particular from that era is going to have the nicest fade. I never owned black jeans until I guess I got these a few months ago, but I wear them all the time. And um, you know, I get like a, the original tag size is something like 40 
waist and 32 length, but over time they shrink to be like a, a perfectly baggy sort of like 34 slash like almost cropped, like 28 inseam or something. It's crazy how these things change shape over time. But anyway, uh, it's, a, it's, it's, a one of the, one of my great joys has been Etsy searching for vintage five fifties lately. And, um, mostly they're like the perfect skate pant, although it's about to get too hot for that. Um, but they also look extremely cool. So I don't know if this, I don't know if the 550 thing is totally like blown up yet. I think some people are onto it. So maybe this is, I don't know to what extent this is like, everyone's already been rocking 550s, but it's definitely the fit to go for right now. If you're not, if you're not going to do this slight flare that Sam's up to, which I think is also great, but not for everyone, especially not me. Okay. My last vibe is the, uh, I think this show is still up, but if it's not, you should look it up. There's a David Hammond's show at the Drawing Center in Soho that's totally amazing. Have you seen it, Noah? No, but it came down last week. Okay. Ah, damn it. Okay, well, I'll tell you guys about it anyways. It's basically these, like, his some of his earliest pieces in which he would cover parts of his body with baby oil or margarine and then make these kinds of prints on big pieces of paper and then sprinkle powders and chalks and like these different kind of almost like sedentary materials. And the, the, the results are these like kind of crazy, um, almost like Archimboldo looking uh, combinations of different features and like parts of his face and arms and hands. And it's very cool. And there are a couple of photos and the, there were a couple of photos in the beginning of the exhibition of him actually like making these pieces and he's sort of like pressing himself against the piece of paper. And it's very, those are very cool too. Hammonds has a large scale piece going up. It's a owned by the Whitney, I think that they're putting up on the Hudson river, right over there yeah, on the they West just side. Put it up next Is to it the, open yet? Yeah. Next to the Barry Diller Island. <laughs> So if you miss the Hammonds drawing show, you can go to Barry Diller Island and go look at the, this large um, outdoor sculpture that they just installed of his. That's pretty sick. And there's a cool story behind that if you want to, if you care to dig into it. Sam, take us home. All right. My final vibe is wearing a tuxedo jacket with jeans and cowboy boots in the style of Mr. Ralph Lauren, which I'm saying this is a vibe because I'm holding myself to this notion I have, which is that I'm gonna wear this tonight to a boat party that I've been invited to. That's sort of like formal-ish, like a bunch of people are gonna be wearing tuxedos, but it's also gonna be raining and it's kind of hot. And so I'm thinking that I want to recreate this. There's a couple iconic photos of Ralph Lauren wearing this exact outfit, a double-breasted tuxedo jacket with a white, beautiful white dinner shirt, big floppy bow tie, all three of which I have, um, super light wash, you know, straight leg jeans that aren't too beat up, you know, because obviously it has to be sort of formal-ish and just black cowboy boots and a nice like Western belt, all of which I realized I own. And uh, yesterday when I was just thinking about what I, wanna, what I wanted to wear tonight. And um, so I think I'm going to do it. Can you tell us? Yeah, that's, that's definitely, we'll give that one a round of applause. Thank you, Sam. Can you tell us any more about this boat party or is this sort of a private and personal affair that maybe we could talk about it next episode or you could give us a little. 
I'll give you guys the rundown um, next week when we come back. But um, it's two friends of mine are having a joint birthday party and they rented a boat. You know how that ends if you've seen Gilligan's Island. All right. Well, stay safe on that boat. Yeah. Don't drink too much. Um, you know, sometimes people disappear on boat rides like that. And, uh, and so I'll be thinking of you. I'll be keeping you in my thoughts and looking forward to a full recap of, of the boat party and particularly the tuxedo and jeans look next week. Rachel, I hope you keep this, the shopping streak alive and hot and, um, and again, have more updates to share next week on episode 128 of Corporate Lunch. We're back, baby. We are, um, at least for now, at least today we're back and, and we'll, we hope to see you next week. Later, guys. Bye, guys. Bye.